And I'm like, so super excited to have you on the show. And for me, my team, we just want to just thank you for this amazing opportunity. Hey, it's my pleasure. And as you can see, I wear my good uh, chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre t-shirt tonight, just in honor of that. So man, me on. absolutely. Bill, like, um, man, do you get this all the time, man? Uh, not for my wife. <laughs> man right right man I, you know I, i'm just i'm just so grateful man and and really really appreciate the work that you've blessed us with over the years um it's just truly truly a blessing and you're truly an amazing talent um and you've been in this game for quite some time you know i want to i want to go back to um before we dive in I, I would like to know you know has acting always been something that um you've been inspiring to do or how did you get into it when did you fall in love with becoming an actor you know uh i actually uh, when i was a kid my my uh, family we lived in uh, outside of chicago in barrington illinois right and uh, my parents were part of a play reading group so uh, different parents would get together and uh, one would basically host a dinner party and then a play reading and, um, and they would get into costumes but they wouldn't memorize the lines they'd hold the book so it was play reading and I was always cast as the kid right if the play needed a kid you know I usually got you know called at least as one of the kids if not the only kid and uh, you know that's really where it started you know it's just the the very beginning, just, uh, you know, getting people to do a clap for you. That was really helpful. Right. And um, I did act in school and in grade school and high school and college. Uh, but when I got out into the coal crew world, um, you know, I come from a, a railroad family. So the idea of like actually doing that for a living right. uh, really seemed, uh, you know, crazy. And uh, it was certainly not supported by mom and dad uh, <laughs> who wanted me to be, uh, you know, a I don't know what they want me to be. <laughs> uh, so I actually started off my career as a, a writer. I wrote for magazines. and I lived in New York City. I wrote for magazines. And uh, uh, actually, I started off in advertising, and that was a little soulless for me. So I moved into uh, you know interviewing scientists. I worked for a magazine called Omni, and I worked for Interview Magazine and some cool magazines in New York City. Uh, and then one summer I was out working on a ranch, uh, you know, trying to get back in shape because I, I partied a lot. And uh, I was working with a crazy 16-year-old uh, who was uh, like a sugar freak. And, uh, <laughs> digging ditches and doing whatever you do on a ranch under the hot sun in Wyoming in the summer. And uh, he would uh, pound like the fudge sickles and, the, you know, the frosted flakes and uh, then he would go into what I called the sugar deliriums, where he would just start almost like speaking in tongues. I mean, he would uh, he would start singing top 40 songs and t uh, TV jingles and stuff. And one day we, you know, and I usually would just kind of turn turn him out, you know. And uh, but one day we were working together, and he's going like, ah, Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch, doing his crazy stuff. And all of a sudden he said, the Texas Chainsaw Manicure. Oh wow. Because I was a huge, you know, I've always been a huge horror fan, and this, the Chainsaw Massacre TCM really freaked me out when I first saw it back in like 1975. And this kid like said the Texas Chainsaw Manicure, and I went back to my uh, bunkhouse. It was a ranch, 
and I wrote out like a five minute scenario. A woman goes to a beauty parlor, gets her hair done. She, she's sitting under the dryer. The beautician says, would you like anything else? One goes, yeah, I think I'll have a manicure. And then you hear manicure. And then all of a sudden, you know, behind that sliding steel door, you hear this chainsaw revving. Right, right. Open, and out comes Leatherface. And this poor woman's under the dryer, like, you know, freaked out. And the Leatherface comes over and starts sawing on her hands. Wow. And, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking, wow, that's, that's awesome. So I went back to New York City. I gathered some friends, about 500 bucks. We took over a beauty parlor on Staten Island one Sunday and uh, shot the Texas Chainsaw Manicure. Wow. And, uh, I gave myself a, a cameo at the very end. She, what happens is she actually uh, she passes out from fear. Then she comes to, and she's like, no. <laughs> ah. And she looks down at <laughs> a fabulous manicure. <laughs> wow. She goes out to tell her husband, who's waiting for her in the pickup truck, and that was me dressed as the hitchhiker from the original Texas Chainsaw. Wow. And she goes, look, honey, I got the best manicure ever. And I go, hey, that's great, honey. We, we should celebrate with some head cheese. Like <laughs> <laughs> a head cheese, and that, that was basically the end of the movie. Wow. And to make a long story even longer, a friend of mine saw the manicure and said, uh, you know, he, was, he at the time was a, an up-and-coming screenwriter in Hollywood. And he loved the manicure. And he said, look, I have an office right across the hall from Toby Hooper, who directed the original Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. And, he, and my friend said, you know, give me a copy of this and I'll take it into Toby. And he did. Toby watched it. And Toby loved it. And Toby, uh, I, I also got Toby's number. And I called him up and uh, I identified myself. And he said, yeah, Bill, I love the manicure. Now, now who played the hitchhiker? Right. And I went, well, that was me. And he said, well, if I ever do a sequel, I'll keep you in mind. And two years later, I got a call out of the blue in New York City from some guy who was actually the screenwriter of the Texas Chainsaw 2. And wow. he asked me if I had an agent and how to get in touch. And I got the part. I got the part without even applying for it because I did that Chainsaw Manicure, that five-minute film years earlier. So that's how I shifted careers. Right, right. Man, that's, that's, that's just great right there. Because I was going to ask you... Um, I was going to ask you, you know, what was what was it about watching um, the original Texas Chainsaw uh, Massacre that was inspiring to you? Um, it was something about it. I seen a quote or something. It was something about it that, you know, when you went and watched it, that really, really, really resonated with you. Um, I would like to know what, what that was. Yeah, it just scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That was the big resonating. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I I was always a horror fan in college. I had a horror film series that I showed people. There were horror movies, classic Hammer movies and Frankenstein and all kinds of great stuff. So I was like a horror fan. And uh, one day I was working in Boston right after getting out of college. And uh, I remember driving by. It was in, it was in Billerica, Massachusetts, uh, north of Boston. Driving in my car, we go past a shut. I go past a shutdown drive-in, and there on the marquee it says Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I just thought, what the hell is that? Right, I right. I just thought I got to check that out. That just sounds insane. And uh, sure enough, I found it. It was uh, playing on a double bill in Boston. It was the second film of, of a double bill, starting with Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee. Really. And I, 
I saw it in the kind of the combat zone of, of Boston. And, uh, uh, you know, I went, it was an old movie theater, it was Sunday afternoon. You know, I was filled with people yelling at the screen, <laughs> kick his ass, Bruce. You know, it was like a, you know, some flu crowd. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, here comes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And really, literally from the opening scenes of it, there's a kind of a tortured uh, violin sound. And you get this slow strobe of like a melted corpse. And it's just like, what the hell is this? Right. And from that moment on, nobody said a word. I mean, that just, that sucked the air out of the theater. Wow. Including my ear. <laughs> I completely flipped out. I flipped out. And, and it really, you know, it, it disturbed me. It was deeply weird and disturbing, even though I thought I was, you know, like, a, you know, a hip guy. And, um, and I ended up uh, not really being able to shake it. So what I decided to do was to see, you know, see it as many times as I could. Right. I figured if I saw it five times, I get so familiar. Oh, here comes this thing, and here comes that thing. Right. That it wouldn't really have the same effect on me, and, and it just kind of dug that deeper into my head. It just freaked me out even more. And wow. uh, finally, the only relief I ever got, I did the chainsaw manicure, and then I got hired to play Chop Top. And I remember I was down at the Brook Hollow Motor Inn in Austin, Texas which is where we all assemble to start production. Right. And, uh, and all of a sudden I'm standing there kind of like, what the hell? I'm not even an actor, you know, <laughs> I'm an actor like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And all of a sudden this car drives up and the door opens and out gets the cook from the original Texas chainsaw. He goes, Hey, how you doing? Oh my goes, God. Oh, yeah. And, and in that moment, everything shifted because no longer, was it me versus the Chainsaw family? I had now joined the Chainsaw family. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and everything completely changed, and I feel great. I, I felt great ever since. Man, amazing, amazing, amazing in that movie, too. You know, the the thing that um that I really, really like about your your acting range, um, it's just your every every character that you play it's you make it so believable now did that come from years of experience or on the job experience you would say well, i would say a little bit of both i mean i i i had the privilege of, of uh, studying with a, an acting teacher named harry master george in in los angeles and harry was all about what he called natural law which was basically like you know, make it real, I guess is the easy way to say it. There wasn't really any kind of technique of breathing or, you know, it's basically an open-eyed meditation. You read the script about four times. Right. So you get real familiar with your character, the other characters, what, what's going on. And then you just, you just make it real. You don't, you know, it's not artificial. It's not like what's, you know, you don't get into what's my better side and all that other stuff. You basically make it real because you just, you know, you you, you get so familiar with it, and then you just act naturally. I guess right. that's the best way to say it. It's easier said than done because right. you've got, you know, 20 people with microphones and cameras and makeup and the director and the screenwriters looking to see if you've got the lines right. So there's a lot of distraction. But if you can just focus in and just say, you know, I'm Chop Top today. And, uh, <laughs> I'm about to hit that guy with a, you know, with a sledgehammer or whatever and just focus on it, make it real. Uh, everything else seems to fall into place. <laughs> right, right, right. I get it. I definitely get it, man. Um, now, and there's a lot of reality out there. So, I mean, yeah. You know, the other thing, uh, 
just just let me just quickly say a lot of people say you know how can you you know play those dark characters and how can you go to those dark places and, and all this other stuff and uh, how do you play a psycho basically and, right. uh, and what i tell them is that it, it's very simple you know as a psycho what you have to think is i'm the only sane one in the room mm. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody else is crazy, I'm sane. Yeah, you know, yeah. Weird you are, that's how it works. If wow. You playing crazy, you, you kind of look like you're playing crazy. Right. But if you're, you know, if you're the only sane one in the room, in spite of however, you know, weird stuff you're doing, then it works. Right, right. That make that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, um, you and you and Rob, you know, how did you meet Rob? Because um, you guys have a great relationship. Um. And and you've done um, great movies with Rob. Um, the chemistry is is definitely there. Um, how, how did that how did that relationship develop and blossom into um, the things that we're seeing today? Uh, I met Rob in in October of '99. I was emceeing a little uh, horror award show for Universal Pictures in Hollywood, um, and it was called the Igor Awards. And a friend of mine. Did publicity for it and and, and uh, hired me as the MC. Mm. And I ended up um, uh, I did I did the I MC'd it uh, dressed as Chop Top. I had a plate, you know, on my you know, you know, I had a makeup guy make me up as Chop Top. I had like a little ragged tuxedo. Right. I did the whole thing in character. And one of the uh, one of the award recipients that night was Rob Zombie. Ah. His music videos and his music. And so I go, and here he is, uh, Rob Zombie. And out comes Rob, and I'm holding a little statue, and I'm dressed as Chop Top. And it freaked him out because he was, it turned out he was a big Chop Top fan. Wow. And so, uh, you know, later, you know, he got to the mic and said, boy, if, uh, you know, if you told me that was the real Chop Top, I would have said you're crazy. Yeah. And uh, we talked afterwards. He told me that uh, when he was backstage before he came out for the, uh, for his award, uh, that he had, uh, he thought, you know, that guy's doing a decent chop top. I mean, not great, but he's, and then he comes out and he goes, oh my God, it's chop top. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, thanks, chop top for, uh, you know, getting me that part. And uh, and then a month later, I got a call from Rob's manager saying, you know, he's just had his script, House of a Thousand Corpses, approved. Uh, and uh, do you want to be in it, uh, playing this character called Otis Driftwood? And I said, yeah, sure. That's the guy so, there, uh, man. Oh, I sent the script over, and I thought, you know, I, re- I, I accepted before I even read the script. And then I just read the script, and I thought, well, first of all, that's a big part. Yeah. And second of all, I thought, this is awesome. This yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> and it was. And uh, we're still going strong, uh, you know, 20 years later. Man, that's... That's amazing. It, so it seems like, it seems like, man, your, 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 your situations. Yeah. You look, your situation has just been good timing, man. And just, yeah. you know, just, yeah. at the, but, but, but at the same time, people still build, appreciate the work ethic and the, the work that you've oh, been yeah. putting in too. You know what I mean? Because like you, you're, you're really a, uh, I, what I call a big dog in this game to me, you know what I mean? Now I'm not going to lie. Um, I was totally, (laughs) totally, I was totally horrified um, by, you know, when I first was introduced to Devil's Rejects, but it, it, you know, it's one of my favorite movies and definitely um, a household classic. What was, what was that experience like for you playing such an iconic character? Well, 
Well, uh, it was the first time I'd ever played as an actor. I'd ever played the same character twice. So that was a, you know, that was a first for me. Um, it was also, uh, it was really interesting because it was, uh, you know, it was, it, I, I thought Rob was great uh, directing House of a Thousand Corpses. It was a lot of fun to make. I thought he was a great director. We had a lot of fun working together. Uh, but then when I got the, when I got the script for Devil's Rejects, I thought, you know, this is this is genius because usually, and especially in the horror business, if you make if you make a horror movie and it does well, and you make a sequel, it's usually kind of a, a a rehashed version of the first movie. Right, right. And, uh, you know, so you're kind of doing the same thing, except a little different, and, you, and you're going to sell some tickets. Uh, but with Devil's Rejects, it was like, oh, my God, this is completely different. This is almost, instead of a horror movie, like an old dark house, House of a Thousand Corpses movie, this is more like uh, like a violent crime road picture wedding. Yeah, yeah. So it was so wild to have. Uh, I remember I was over at Rob's house. We were watching the Super Bowl, probably in two thousand four or three, whatever it was. And um, and Rob said, "You know, you're going to look a little different this time. We're going to do it again, but this time you're going to look a little different." I said, "Well, what what did you have in mind?" He said, "Well," and he and he uh, he said he wanted me to look kind of like one of the Allman Brothers. And I said. I had him this paper plate, and I said, "You got to sketch it out for me." Here. Right. And, uh, but he drew this character with a long, long hair and this beard. Yeah. And, uh, I had never grown a beard before. And I really? Said, well, I, I and I said that to him. I said, "You know, this guy's got a beard. I've never grown a beard. But how do you do that?" Because Rob has a beard. Right. And he said, uh, "You stop shaving." <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> <laughs> I stopped shaving, and you know, all of a sudden, I you know who knew that I had this beard in my face this whole time, but out it came, and uh, and then uh, you know, because uh, Otis in the original in House of a Thousand Corpses, I'm an albino. Yeah, my I, I wear contact lenses that are kind of brown and red flecked. You know, I'm kind of thin and scary. Um, and um, in in Devil's Rejects. You know, I have blue eyes. I'm not an albino anymore. You know, I've got a beard. You know, I look, you know, I'm shirtless. I look kind of like a, yeah, like an almond brother. And, right, um, right. And so that was pretty awesome that um, that Rob would, would reimagine the, you know, the three characters, keep the three characters and their relationships, but then just put them in, like, make them look different. Right. Like Sherry doesn't do that. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. Thousand corpses. Yeah, she doesn't do that in Devil's Reach. She does it once, I think. And Captain Spaulding, good old Sid. Oh uh, my God! He got a clown makeup for most of the Devil's Rejects. Yeah. So it's a completely different look. It's a different genre, different feel, different music, uh, and it worked like uh, like a charm. It was uh, to me. It's one of the. Yeah, I'm, I'm really probably that's the most proud I am of any performance, but also. That to me is the real definition of movie magic when when everything works together and it really gives the audience an incredible ride. Right, right. I'm not gonna lie, you know. I I, I really, really, you know, I, I I respected your work um prior to that, but devil with the devil's rejects, I mean, I just felt like you stepped into another realm of it because like you know and, and and i'm trying to to explain this because when i tell you and maybe you can connect with what i'm saying it's just it was just different bill it, it was it was different and and 
it, it you made the character even though you know they were doing the horrific things that they were doing you made the character it still was a part of the character that you just kind of kind of liked too though right is that weird is that weird no no that's that's exactly it and that's that's good directing by the way um you know and, and it's also like you know for me what it was what was really important was as i said before it's like the only time I've ever played it, the same character more than once. Right. So I consider House of a Thousand Corpses. I didn't really. I was still learning Otis by the time we we finished. <laughs> so I was kind of finding Otis, and then I remember like almost uh, you know three weeks to a month after we we finished House of a Thousand Corpses, Rob wanted to shoot something else, and so um, what he did was uh, we did the Run Rabbit Run scene. Yeah. It's black and white, and I go, hunting humans ain't nothing but nothing. They all run like scared little rabbits. Run, rabbit, run, run, rabbit. You know, do the whole run, rabbit thing. And that was when I got Otis. Mm. We had shot most of the corpses. So right. now, so now with Devil's Rejects, now I know Otis because I can go back to that scene. I can just go, run, rabbit, and I go, okay, there's Otis. And so it was kind of like, to me, it was, uh, you know, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was kind of like, you know, you know, buy, you know, you think you're going to buy the car, you kick the tires, you look under the hood, you kind of, you know, you maybe take it for a test drive, you know, come back. And then Devil's Rejects was you bought the car, now get out there and you know, put the pedal to the metal. Right. So I, I didn't have to spend any time kind of finding the character. I, I, I found the character. So it was just about, you know, seeing what, what he could do. And right. That was so much fun. Man. Right, right. That's, that's the fun part of acting. You know, you know, I want to ask you too. Now, um, from from a mental aspect, Bill, um, is there ever like um, any any scenes um, that bothered you, or or any any in anything that would bother you that that may just go too far? Um, from a mental aspect, you just like, ah, oh, man, like when you read that, you like, yo, I just, I don't know. Well, you know, when I, when I read the, uh, when I got the script for Devil's Rejects, there is, of course, the, the hotel room scene. The oh, man, that was crazy. Basically pistol raping, you know, Priscilla Barnes. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's outside of my normal behavior. <laughs> <laughs> But I do remember, uh, you know, being scared about that. I was like, oh, my God. And then I thought, you know, I, I had devised a plan. I was I was a sneaky coward. And I thought, you know, I'm going to let my girlfriend read this. And um, and if she is if she says, you know, if you do that, I'll never speak to you again. We're through. You know, I was kind of hoping she would. So right. I could say, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Right. Uh, right. But instead, you know, she's an actress. She's been in, you know, like kinds of movies so she's she's you know a much more accomplished and better actor than i am and really she finished the script and she looked at me and she said it's a great part for an actor and mm. to me it was like that was it that was what i needed it wasn't me doing it it was you know me acting you know this character doing it and uh that gave me a great real great relief and uh but i remember going to that to the set the day that we were shooting that scene and I was really, you know, freaking out. I was, you know, out of turmoil. And I remember pulling over to the side of the road and meditating. 
and I just I saw myself on a uh, a swimming raft in a in a Wisconsin lake. Yeah, I was lying on the raft. I was looking through the slats and the boards down below the the raft, and there were some shadows of fish hanging out under the swimming raft. I mean, this is my meditation, and somehow I just got I got I got focused. I got you know what I I got I got calm and I got willing. Mm. And willing is basically just like okay, I'm scared. It's a tightrope. I could fall. There's no net. Uh, but you know what? I'm, I'm walking. Right. <laughs> uh, the decision has been made. You know, I'm walking. I don't know what the fish had to do with it, but I'm walking. And so I got to the set. And I remember the first, uh, the first take we did. Uh, by the way, I, I, you know, it wouldn't have worked without Priscilla Barnes. She was awesome. Oh, my God, man. Oh, yeah. Amazing actor. The first, the first take uh, was really frightening, uh, and but I just, you know, because you can't, it's not, it's a scene where uh, you're not doing anything, you're doing it casually. Mm. Like, we're in this hotel room, we're waiting for Captain Spaulding, yeah. we've been waiting for hours, nothing's going on, there's some, there's Buck Owens on TV, we're all lying around, and that's when I say, okay, mama, take it off, what, you know, take off, come on, take off your clothes. You know, just I'm bored. Right, you know? right, right. So the whole thing starts from from a, you know, it's like trying to dunk when you're like standing under the basket. You know, most of the time, if there's something, you know, if you're building up to it, you're running through the woods, you catch somebody. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. But when you're just like, okay, I'm bored. You know, take off your clothes, <laughs> and that starts it. That's even harder. And uh, but we did it, and. Um, I guess we did it well because I walked off the set, and uh, some of the some of the women that were watching on the video monitors off the set were like, you know, really kind of shaking their heads. So, you know, one girl was sobbing, kind of, you know, and uh, and I remember I feeling bad in my gut, and I, I remember walking over to Rob and I said, "Man, I I, I feel I feel bad," and right. uh, and he looked at me and he said, "Art is not safe," and I thought, mm. "Wow, that's." cool <laughs> that wow. was exactly what i needed i didn't need like oh you poor thing i didn't need like you know my dad the marine going you know come on man suck it up right right <laughs> you know, I didn't know that art is not safe because i i don't think it, up to that point i really don't think i thought that art was supposed to be unsafe and it was it yeah really just you know, blew my mind because i always thought art you know it's on the wall yeah yeah but we were making art, and that also told me we're not making a cheesy sequel to the same, you know, the same movie. We're making, we're making art. We're going for it here. Right. And uh, when I heard that, um, I actually uh, it really fired me up, and I, you know, kind of like, okay, coach, you know, and it was like, okay, oh, let's get back in there. Right. And uh, that scene we ended up doing probably uh, twenty times. Really. Because you know, there, well, there's, there's. There's, it's, it all depends on the shot. There's a shot of the two of us in the room. Right. Like the master shot, the two shot, then there's a shot over my shoulder on her, then her close, then, then a shot of, of my close up, her over her shoulder on me, and there was a camera up in the rafter shooting. So we, and each of those shots has a bunch of different takes if there's somebody making noise or if you blow a line or, you know, whatever. So, right. So we ended up doing that an awful lot, and each time it was different. Each wow. time it, it felt real and it felt different because sometimes it was, you know, I was kind of the aggressor. Sometimes she was the aggressor. Right. It really was an amazing experience for me. And uh, and later, uh, Priscilla said to me that it was the greatest 
acting experience she had ever had, which I thought was was great because I right. was so relieved that she was into it and I didn't have to kind of you know worry about her feelings. Yeah, she yeah. was a pro and she showed up too, and uh, really was the greatest. You know, to me, it's like the emotional heart of the movie. Man, that part really was. Yeah. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Um, because was it always in the cards and the plan to come with a sequel to this movie? Because now I'm not going to lie. I thought at the end that it was over with. I mean, they blasted you guys away, which, which really tore me apart too, because really kind of at the end of that part, I was in love with the characters. I'm like, man, no, I, I didn't want them to go out like that. Maybe just go to jail. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, but I mean, actually just, you know, and I knew that you guys were going to go out like that. I mean, there's no other way to go. You know what I mean? So I knew that part of it. I didn't want you guys to go, but I thought that that was it. Did you know, or any of you guys knew um, at that point that it was going to be a sequel or you guys kind of thought that that was it too? We all thought that that was it. I mean, uh, you know, for years after that, uh, when Sid Haig and I would be at uh, sitting side by side at uh, horror conventions, uh, invariably someone would come up to either Sid or me and say, "Is there going to be a sequel?" And then I, you know, I, I would I would look over at Sid, uh, Sid and I'd say, "Sid," he go, "What?" I said, "Is there going to be a sequel to Devil's Rejects?" And he go, "Nope." And I'd say, "Why?" And then on the count of three, we'd go, "Because we're effing dead." <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. We're dead, man. And, uh, and you know, people over the years came up with ideas like maybe, you know, you went to hell and you were so bad the devil rejected you because now you're the devil's rejects. So you're coming back to earth or, you know, maybe, you know, they, they had a bunch of different ideas. Um, but, uh, you know, until Rob called one day a couple of years ago and said, uh, hey, let's meet for lunch. Uh, Sherry and I want to, you know, you and Sid, to, you know, have a lunch and talk about something. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder what's up. Right. And uh, we met for lunch. You know, they're vegan, so it was a vegan restaurant. And uh, we're chowing away, and, uh, and and Rob said, we're, we're getting the band back together. And uh, I, it was a very emotional moment. It was like, wow, man, jeez. Man. It's been like 14 years. Yeah. That's a long time. But, uh, you know, so he said, so start growing that beard. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm only sorry that, uh, that Sid – yeah, getting sick, uh, and only, but still, he was able to show up and you know do uh, do his his bit in the beginning of uh, uh, Three from Hell. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know it was, it was an emotional journey, and you know I'm I'm really glad that we ended up uh, finally doing that that third piece. Man, what's like what? What what's it like having that type of chemistry and energy on the set like that? Um, working with so many different um, legendary actors and and everybody's so seasoned and so polished, you know what what is that experience like for you? Yeah, it's it's wonderful actually when it when it works. I mean, sometimes you get uh, some actors who want to do it their way and they're very contentious and. You know, that they're not necessarily team players. And, you know, that is, you know, whatever their deal is. Um, for me, I've been lucky because I've worked with a lot of seasoned professionals who really uh, enjoy acting. Right. And what that means is simply that they 
they can focus away. They, they focus on the story, on each other. Uh, they're making it real, so to speak. And, uh, you know, the, the camera and all the other considerations kind of fade away. And they, you know, that's I, 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 the, the word ecstasy is Greek, uh, and it means ekstasos, out of self. Mm. So that's what it comes down to. You, you're no longer Bill or whoever you are. You're that character. You're in that reality. You know, you've, you've shifted, man. You've, right. you've gotten into a new place, and it's very exhilarating. You know, really, even if it's a scary story or a tough or whatever, when you're, you know, you're out of yourself and you're into some cool other character, it's really, you can't beat it. That's why acting is an art, you know. And, right. uh, and that doesn't happen that often, by the way. Uh, so that's why you really have to be technically sound. You have to hit your marks. You have to repeat the same action. You have to remember your lines. Uh, you know, there's a lot. There's a thousand things you've got to do technically uh, to make that. You know, to make for those rare but wonderful moments when you're gone. You're you're actually you know in that movie. You're you're a, you're you're gone. You're a character. Right. And it's funny because at the very beginning of Three from Hell, it had been a long time since I'd worked with Rob and. You know, it's just been a long time. And I was, you know, in my head about Otis, like, what's Otis? He's been in jail. Right. What am I, you know, how, how do I, you know, because, you know, I got a lot of, you know, praise for uh, Devil's Rejects. So I didn't want to, like, you know, do, turn in a, a crappy version. <laughs> before, you know, it's like, you know, I had, so I had a lot of, like, internal pressure. Right. And uh, we were doing, I think, the first day shooting. <clears throat> And uh, and I'm standing in the back of a police van or something, addressing some reporters. And uh, I have like it's like a mini monologue or something. And I so I started, uh, you know, you know, it was actions. I started saying that my my lines and I flubbed a line. So it was cut. What? You know, and so, you know, I okay, action. So now I'm doing it. I flubbed the line again or another line. So I was cut. And then Rob's like, Bill, you know, like looking at me like, dude. And I say, you know, let me let me just have a minute here. So I sat down in, in the back of the police van, and um, and I, I I just was like, you know, because I, I was frightened, I didn't want to, you know, screw up and right, all this stuff. Right, right. And I heard this I heard this voice in my head, and it said, it said, uh, move over, Bill, I got this. And basically, it was the voice of Otis. It was the character telling me we don't need the, you know. The insecure Hollywood actor, right? <laughs> yeah. Who, you know, what's my better side, and what do they think of me, and all right. that crazy. It was like basically Otis saying, "Bill, get out of the way. I got this." And uh, you know, I've been around long enough to to recognize the voice and to obey. And I said, "You got it." Man. So I got out of the way. Bill got out of the way, and Otis took over. I, I, I knocked that, that monologue out of the park and uh, never had another, you know, problem the rest of the shoot. Man, that's great. <laughs> now, now, um, crazy, crazy, can, can you give me a crazy story um, or a crazy moment, fan moment um, from, you know, from, you know, the oldest character and a lot of the characters that you played, I mean, being recognized when you're out and about, is it, is it norm for you or is, does it get a little crazy at times? Um, I, uh, I hardly ever get recognized. You know, I live in Los Angeles and, uh, you know, I, I can probably in the last 10 years, I could probably count on, you know, 
not even both hands the times that somebody said, are you, are you Bill Mosley? Right. You know, that hardly ever happens. And I've lived in the same neighborhood for like 30 years. So I don't know why it hasn't, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think people really, they look at me, they don't really see Bodice necessarily. So right. I guess that's a good thing. Right. Uh, but there was a time like right after, I think it was right after, maybe it was House of a Thousand Corpses. And, um, I was at a, at a convention in, in Corpus Christi, Texas, and uh, I was, it was in an old hotel with old, old elevators, and, um, and I remember I was going down to breakfast, I was going up to my room somehow from the lobby, and I, I got in, and uh, the, there was a floor plate right along the bottom of the elevator, and it said uh, Otis in it. It was an Otis elevator. Right. And I looked down, and the floor plate, there was a little bit of, like, blood on the word Otis. And I thought, you know, I thought to myself, isn't that a coincidence? Oh, blood on Otis. Wow. Right. Uh, you know, that was kind of an internal thing. I wasn't, you know, thinking anything more about it. And uh, then I went up to my room, and then I was coming down, and uh, the other elevator opened, the door opened. And as I was stepping in, I looked down. And there was blood on that Otis, too. And then I thought, okay, well, that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so it was about maybe two or three in the morning after a convention and dinner, et cetera. I was, you know, in my room in bed. And, um, and I remember this, this voice saying, hi, Otis. And I, <laughs> you know, I don't know how they got my number from the, maybe they bribed the, the, the hotel clerk. You know, and I, I said, who's this? And this voice said, this is your stalker. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said I, I, that was the person that put the blood on the on the Otis plate, and I said, "Stalk me tomorrow. It's late." And yeah, I was, you know, <laughs> I was wacky as it gets, I guess. Man, now, now you um you you recently uh you 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 did some stuff over there in Japan, man. Prisoners of the Ghostland with Nicolas Cage. Um, what's that all about? Well, that was really a lot of fun. I, uh, uh, my wife and I had, had scheduled a, uh, a trip uh, to Vietnam and Cambodia, like a, like a tour, you know. Uh, and uh, so we were over there, and I got, and I was, uh, I had a friend who was, you know, had written this script and was producing this movie, Prisoners of the Ghostland, uh, starring Nick Cage, and it was uh, shooting in Japan, and it turned out that it was, you know, perfect timing, you know, between our trip in Vietnam and Cambodia. And right after the end of that, my, my wife flew back to the States and I flew on to Japan and spent the next uh, month in central Japan uh, working with a, a Japanese director named Sion Sono, S-O-N-O, S-I-O-N-S-O-N-O. And he's done a lot of really incredibly cool movies if you check them out. Um, I think they're all in Japanese, but they have subtitles. They're fantastic movies. And, uh, you know, a lot of fantasy, a lot of horror, crazy stuff. It's really amazing, amazing director. And uh, he was directing Prisoners of the Ghostland. Um, I got this job. I got the job as the kind of the, the one of the bad guys in the movie. Of and, course, uh, Bill. Of course, a bad guy, Bill. Yeah, you know, <laughs> kind, of a, kind of like a more like a Colonel Sanders character, you know, like full of a lot of, you know, braggadocio. I play the governor. Like, hey, boy. Right, you know, right, right. Kind of big guy. Uh, but, you know, bad guy. And um, 
And working with Nick Cage was really a revelation. You know, I, I certainly have, I've always loved Nick Cage movies. Absolutely. And uh, but I, you know, I didn't know. I, I had worked with him once with Rob. Actually, I met him through Rob. Um, I was sitting at the same table when Rob and Sherry got married. Really. Uh, Nick and his and uh, and Elvis's daughter Lisa Marie Presley uh, uh, were uh, they had, they were newlyweds and they were sitting at at this big table. I was sitting next to Elvira, so I was chatting. No, man. So I, I kind of, you know, I saw him across the table. And then uh, when we did, uh, Rob did a, a, a fake trailer called uh, Werewolf, Werewolf Women of the SS for uh, Quentin Tarantino's Grindhouse. Oh, wow. And Nick has a cameo as Fu Manchu in that. So I, I met him a little bit. I didn't really know the guy. I hadn't really been informally introduced or anything, so right. I was kind of nervous about it. He was a great guy, totally into it, and that's the way I like to act. I like to just go for it. You yeah. know, he went for it and was really uh, very inspiring, a really a nice guy, You know, great sense of recall. He can really remember just about everything, which is something, <laughs> something I'm trying to work on. Uh, but he was fantastic. The script was a lot of fun. It's fantasy. It's adventure. It's crazy stuff. And uh, somehow, you know, they're now they're in post production, of course, with all the COVID. Yeah. Uh, that makes it difficult. But uh, so I think I'm, that's probably adding months on to the post production. But when it comes out, check it out. Oh, Where absolutely. Postman. Oh, it's so much fun. You know, um, being that you, being that you mentioned COVID. Um, how how has that been for you um, as far as your brand and being able to work? Because I know, um, you know, physical being, you know, with, with physical, everything is physical in the acting. Um, how has the transition been um, for you and your brand and, and, you know, sustaining the brand and still being able to get work done? Well, you know, that's why I love social media. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Instagram. I see thank you for follow Bill Mosley. Absolutely. I'm at Chop Top Mosley. I appreciate that. I, I love Instagram and Twitter probably too much. But um, so that's been a lot of fun just to, you know, be on social media, kind of that sense that, you know, you're not really quarantined or, you know, shut up in your own home. Right. Uh, I love Zoom. I, I've Zoomed with a bunch of people. So that's been cool. Um I did go to a convention about uh, about a month ago in Phoenix, and I live in L.A., so I was able to drive there, and uh, it was a lot. It was socially distanced, and everybody had masks, and it was very cool. When I came back, I took a, a COVID test, and, you know, I was negative, so I was cool. Right. Um, also, a couple of weeks ago, I flew the first time since the pandemic started. Uh, I flew to Philadelphia from L.A., and... Um, was the uh, celebrity appearance at a uh, a drive-in in, in uh, Lee Pennsylvania? Oh at wow! Honing drive-in. They were showing on 35 millimeter uh, chainsaw two and three. Really? So I showed up like the celebrity guy, the job <laughs> job. Hey. Right. And uh, and and that uh, you know I was a weird. I was worried about you know flying and how's that going to work with the masks and the you know, the air recycled with a bunch of people, but, you know, I got tested after that and, you know, it was fine too. So, so I've kind of like, I haven't lost my respect for COVID by any stretch, Right. Uh, but I'm, I'm a little less paranoid. I'm, I'm, I'm smart. I'm, I'm wise about it, but I'm not like 
you know, incredibly frightened about it. Um, right. But of course, now it's spiking again. So I don't know what's going to come of it. Um, for me, also, I'm writing a screenplay and really having fun writing. Um, you know, I so I'm you know I have plenty to do right. between you know, screenplay and social media, and then just you know walking around. And we, you know, I have a dog and two cats. You know, wife and daughters. You know, so right. there's a lot you know that you can do kind of in the neighborhood locally. Uh, so it's uh, you know it really hasn't been a dull moment for me. I gotta say. Right, man, that's good, Bill. I, I just I wanna. Um... I want to. I want to thank you so much. And, and before we wrap up, um, what what else could we look forward to um, in the future? Any any other um, projects that you can kind of uh, tease us with a little bit? Uh, well, Prisoners of the Ghost Land is is the big tease. Um, I also during the pandemic, I did my first comic book. Really? And, uh, if you go to cursedcornfieldcomics.com, uh, there is a uh, there's a fantastic artist named Simon Kudrensky, a Polish artist who does uh, Spawn and Batman. I mean, he's big time. And the two of us teamed up for this uh, comic that you can download um, and name your price. Where do we get it? Where do we get it from again? Yes, cursedcornfieldcomics.com. So C-U-R-S-E-D-C-O-R-N-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-M-I-C-S. If you go to www.cursecornfieldcomics.com, our first, uh, you can uh, download our first issue, uh, which is a lot of fun. And uh, again, you can name your price. If you want to give us a thousand dollars, that's great. If you want to give us a buck ninety nine, a thousand, but you know, buck ninety nine. Right, right. (laughs) Man, Bill, I want to thank you. I try to keep busy, basically. You know, that's that's you know, because I, you know, I'm like, you know, a lot, a lot of us are, you know, creative. You know, I'm sure you, you know, do more than this. Right. Singing, music, you know, writing, art. You know. A lot of us, you know, we can't kind of, we have busy minds uh, that are, you know, that are into cool stuff. Right, and right. And, uh, you know, there's there's plenty to do. Right, it is. And you you also are um, a musician as well, too. Um, you still rocking with the band? You, you guys doing some new things or what? Um, you know, the last the last thing I put out was with uh, Bill Anselmo of uh, that band Pantera. We did a we did an EP called Bill and Phil: mm. Songs of Darkness and Despair. I do all the you know I wrote the lyrics and do the do the singing on that one. Um, and that is available. I, I'm sure you can find it on uh, YouTube or Spotify. Uh, Bill and Phil is the name of the band. Yeah. Bill and Phil. And, uh, you know, I used to work, I used to have a band called uh, Corn Bugs with uh, the world's greatest guitar player, Buckethead. Um, and then that's also on YouTube and Spotify, et cetera. And uh, I also did an album with uh, a guy named Ronnie Sharon, who has a band called Stolen Babies. And we did an album called, uh, uh, the band is called Spider Mountain, and the album is called No Way Down. <laughs> you know, too far away from horror, you know. But, right, uh, right. Uh, yeah, it's good music and it's a lot of fun. Man. Bill, it has been a blast, man. I wanna um I wanna thank you again 
so much, man, for for allowing me to scratch my scratch off my bucket list, man. Um, like I said, I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, I really, really enjoy myself, and I'm I'm so so grateful and humble for this amazing opportunity. You have to come back on here again. We got to get you back on here. Um, definitely, oh, definitely when again. Christmas when the Ghost Land comes out, you know, I'll definitely you check that out, and I, I'm more than happy to you know tell you as much as I can. Yeah. Of fun. Yeah, yeah, we definitely bring you back on here to um and, and we're gonna talk about that. Also, um before we get out of here too, um with everything that's been going on, man, twenty twenty has been a rough year for um the world and um a lot of people a lot of people down in spirit, a lot of people been going through a lot of rough times, out of jobs, man, a lot of people lost a lot of loved ones even suffering, a lot of people suffering right now. Um, can you, can you give, uh, can you leave them with, with some words of uplift or some encouraging words just for anybody who may be down in spirit? Well, I think that there is, you know, certainly we've just had an election. I think things are going to change certainly from the top down. Um, I, I'm encouraged by that. Um, I think, I think, you know, that was, you know, confusing on both sides, like who is going to win. It was a pretty narrow race. Um, I think that's going to be a big changer. I think that uh, also I just read, you know, recently that uh, Pfizer has this promising uh, vaccine for the COVID. Right. The COVID really is, you know, that 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 takes care of the economics and, uh, you know, movie theaters and gyms and restaurants and, you know, plane travel and right. everything really if you get if you get a vaccine in there or you know you just kind of take it easy until you know you get you know you're it's safe to travel and go out i think that's going to be a big deal i think with the new uh the new president i think there's going to be um i think there's going to be a relief package coming out from what i understand again i'm an actor in horror movies but uh, you know this is what i glean from uh you know the right. newspaper tv and twitter you know so I'm 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 optimistic. I gotta say, I I think that uh, you know whatever has gone uh, gone down this year has been crazy, especially in you know middle of Los Angeles, um, you know. And I uh, but I think it's necessary. I, I think you know there was these forces that just you know were clashing or yeah. to come to head. I think it's just been a crazy year. But I think it's really I think it's probably in the long run good for every not that for everybody, but maybe good for the country right. uh, that we're back on track. And I think things are going to be uh, a heck of a lot better. I, I sure hope so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bill, again, I'm optimistic, but, you know. I'm definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm a monster. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> right, right. Um, anything else you want to put out there, um, Bill? You want to put your uh, social platform, put your Twitter out there, your Facebook or whatever. I, I have your yeah, gram up there. All of that stuff. Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Chop Top Mosley, M O S E L E Y. So, you know, you just you know look on the bottom of your screen, and you know. Uh, you can follow me on those three platforms. Uh, I do have a website. It's a weird website that's, that's been around for a long time called Chop Tops BBQ, Chop Tops Barbecue.com. Wow. If you go on to the, to the barbecue, you can always play the crazy piano, and uh, that's a lot of fun. So I would, I would really recommend. You can, you can get autographed pictures there and a bunch of different things, but Go to Chop Tops Barbecue and play the crazy piano, and you'll have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, Bill, too, whenever um, whenever y'all start promoting um, the, the movie um, and, and you get any promotional content or anything like that, if you forward, forward some of that stuff over there to us, we'll promote it on our side as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. manager, as you know, and, and uh, she's great and she's very good about doing that, following up. Absolutely. Sure that, uh, everything gets to where it needs to go. So absolutely. Absolutely. And Man. I'll be, I'll, be on, I'll be on the rooftops just going, prisoners of the ghost land. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Man, it's the one and only Bill Mosley. Thank you again, man. My pleasure. Look, we wishing you more blessings and more success with everything that you're doing now, Bill, and in the future, man, the stars is where you're headed, Bill. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Vibe Show 97.9, my special guest, the one and only Bill Mosley. Dog will hunt. Thank y'all so much for joining me and my special guest. Shout out to everybody that was on the live today with my special guest, the one and only Bill Mosley. Y'all make sure y'all go follow him on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and check out that website. That's going to be at Chop Top Mosley. Also, you guys make sure that you go over, if you are not subscribed to the Vibe Show official channel make sure y'all go and hit that subscribe button man we got more exclusive interviews that's going to be coming up we need that love show us some love hit that subscribe button and turn on those notifications also you guys can go over and follow our exclusive vibe show 97.9 website that's www.thevibeshow979.net that way over there, you can keep up with all of the latest interviews. Um, you can also hear the latest music streaming over there. And we also have the latest news updates as well. Also, rush over there to the App Store and download the Vibe Show 97.9 mobile app available in the Google App Store today. Listen. You guys make sure that you continue to protect yourself out there, man. Put your mask on. Keep your hands clean. Sanitize. Do whatever you got to do to stay safe, man. The pandemic is real, man. Vibe Show 97.9. I'm your guy, Kano the Don. I love y'all. Y'all be safe. I'm out. Bill! All right, we off the air. Man, thank you so much, Bill, man. My pleasure. Wow, that was amazing. I was I gotta go in there and tell my wife now because I've been I've been waiting on this man like forever. And you know what's crazy about it? What's crazy about it is I didn't even know that um I didn't even know you you were one of Miss Judy's clients. I didn't know that. I seen that. I went to the web, I just so happened to go to the website and I seen you over there. I was like, no, I gotta ask. I gotta see if I can get Bill. I got to. And it happened, man. Bucket list. Yeah. Bucket list. Wow. Bucket, bucket head list. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm after next? I want I want to get Sherry and Rob. That is gonna be huge. Awesome. Yes, man. Thank you so much. You and your All family. Right. Y'all continue to be safe. Blessings to y'all. And we will definitely connect again. As soon as that movie get ready. We, you coming back, Bill. We're going to talk about yeah. it. 
All right, Bill. All Love right. you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for a pleasant experience. Absolutely. Thanks, Bill. All right. Okay. Later. Bye. Bye.